What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast brought to you by Keeping Carlson. I am your host, Louis Ezekiel. Joining me tonight, my pal and yours, Jeremy Versillo. Jeremy, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday evening? I'm doing great. I uh, kind of feel like a starting goalie who's getting in the groove. I mean, this is my third or fourth consecutive short shift show, and now I kind of know what's going on, and I'm ready to talk hockey. Right on. Sounds great. Uh, I feel like a real athlete today. I was telling folks before uh, we got started on the Twitch stream, I am uh, icing an injury uh, in a in a tender area as we are recording today. So hopefully my voice doesn't get too pitchy as we discuss some of this stuff. Uh, folks, if you are new here, every show could be someone's first show. Uh, Short Shifts is that twice weekly check-in between the giant Sunday evening mega shows now split into two uh, more digestible episodes. Uh, just to keep you up to date with the fantasy news, takes, and analysis all throughout the fantasy season, I always feel like coming on on a Tuesday after they do that mega show on Sunday, there's never going to be enough to talk about. But guess what? It is a great day because we have a ton of exciting outeries to start discussing, which I think is really good. Um, we'll, we'll cover some, uh, some waiver stuff, some, some goalie items, and, uh, we've got some hot and cold streaks for you. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you ready to go ahead and uh, get underway here, Jeremy? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, let's hit uh, the biggest news first, I think. And I know this was already discussed, um, you know, as part of the mega show, but uh, we got the official news today, actually on a couple of these folks. And that is uh, Evander Kane uh, officially returns Tuesday night, uh, five weeks after suffering that gruesome skate cut to his arm. Um you know, uh, this is going to be an interesting setup. I know a lot of folks are very uh, anxious to get him back in their lineups. We actually sort of, I think we mentioned this on the Thursday show too, just as we were sort of preparing ourselves uh, for his potential return. It may want to temper those expectations a little bit um, because it does appear that based on yesterday's practice lines and what we're seeing uh, here on Tuesday, uh, that Kane is at least going to start on the third line. Um, we got some really good info uh, from Jordan and Mason, uh, awesome patrons, tons of great insight into the Edmonton situation uh, that kind of helped us sort of figure out our take here. Um, and both of them are sort of, you know, sounds like they're more or less in agreement about the idea that Kane is not uh, hundred. He says he's not 100 percent and he said he may not be 100 percent for the remainder of the season. So that is worth noting. Um, that, you know, it, it might not be where he wants to be. I know that that scar tissue can kind of feel tight and be, you know, you may not have that full range of motion maybe that you want when you are slapping the puck at the net. Um, but yeah, they're sort of feeling like uh, Hyman is going to kind of keep his role on the power play. And then as he gets more comfortable, uh, maybe some of that uh, power play time starts to transfer from Hyman to, to Kane. But Hyman's been good this year. Um, you know, it gives them another winger option to pair with McDavid and Dreisaitl if they want to split, you know, keep those two split up. Um, you know, I think that's, uh, I think that's, uh, not a bad spot for sure, obviously, uh, to be lined up with one of the top fantasy hockey players, uh, of the season. Uh, and, you know, getting probably some, but not all of that power play time. Um, so given that, uh, I know obviously he's coming in tonight, so a lot of people have made this decision. But sometimes it can be nice to leave a player on the on the IR. Uh, if you were an Evander Kane manager, would you have given him a game, left him on IR, uh, or would you have been itching to just get him back into your lineup? Do you think? 
Well, I am an Evander Kane manager in a couple of leagues, and I was dropping who I could to get him back in the lineup. Not only is Kane a great scorer, he also takes lots of shots and lots of hits and lots of penalty minutes, if you count that. So got to get it back in as soon as possible. Makes sense, right? Yeah, that floor is strong uh, with the peripherals that he brings to bear uh, if your league counts them and uh, categories leagues, obviously very valuable there as well. So yeah, I definitely understand, you know, hopefully we see that the minutes start to increase, you know, they might not be huge tonight, but you never know. Sometimes those players are just raring to get back, uh, and, and kind of put on a show that first time. So, uh, great to have Kane back, uh, earlier, certainly, uh, than a lot of us expected. Uh, and even if he, you know, maybe is not, you know, if he's operating between 80 and 90% for the remainder of the season, an 80 to 90% of Vander Kane is probably better than whatever streamer you had replacing him when he went out. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it makes sense to get him in there. Uh, all right, on to some goalie news, Jeremy. The Chicago Blackhawks announced today that Alex Stalock is back in concussion protocol. He had returned a couple games ago, and I guess is not 100%. Concussions are a nonlinear recovery, and really just hope the best for his health. And that means you'll be seeing a lot more of Petr Mrazek and Arvid Sotobloom. Yeah, so this is, uh, you know, a bit of a drag because we had some really nice outings from Alex Stalak. Uh, he shut out Arizona. Uh, he made 41 saves on 44 shots to get a win over Calgary. Um, you know, not as good in that game against Seattle, but obviously there may be uh, some legitimate reasons for why that's the case. Um, but yeah, he had put together some some decent fantasy performances. Uh, so yeah, definitely, like you said, sad to see him go out. Uh, hope to see him back. I mean, you know, a 270 goals against average and a 918 save percentage on a team like Chicago this year. Uh, that's quite an achievement. So uh, he's he's been above average, uh, you know, despite a, a pretty a pretty nasty situation uh, in terms of the team out in front of him. So yeah, I I would not be jumping to add. Petr Mrazek. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in him uh, generally. Uh, and, you know, obviously playing on kind of a bottom dweller type team. Um, I don't think that's, that's some, you know, I think, I think you're better off streaming uh, matchups than you are, uh, you know, trying to, to jump on Chicago's starting goalie if that starting goalie is going to be a Petr Mrazek type. Totally agreed. And if you want to get extra cynical, you could argue that Stalock's strong performance was going against what the Chicago Blackhawks are trying to achieve this year. So they're just being extra careful with that injury. Oh, that's a good point. And I am quite the cynic. So yeah, maybe the uh, he's interfering with the tank. We sort of have seen this, uh, you know, at times in the past, uh, I want to say Arizona is guilty of like, oh, this player is too successful. Let's make sure we demote them and don't give them as many opportunities. We don't want to mess with our opportunity at that draft pick. All right, moving on, we've got some other... Uh, Items in Colorado, uh, when Val Nishushkin made his return to the lineup, there had been some speculation that this would be bad for Evan Rodriguez. Uh, I was listening to it with some hope in my heart since I'm up against uh, Rodriguez Erod in the cupful this week. Uh, but Erod is holding on to that line one, power play one spot. He got two assists. Uh, in the game against Detroit out of those six goals. Uh, Nishushkin, uh, you know, no slouch himself, played 18 minutes, got an assist and four shots. 
Uh, and all of that contributed to another victory for Pavel Francouz. Colorado had lost six of the last seven games. Uh, all of them started by Yurgiev, uh, before Francouz re- rejoined the lineup. Um, and they had allowed five goals in or more in four of those games. Uh, now they've won two of the last three, including a 29 save shutout for Francouz over Ottawa. Uh, what it started to look like a break for Georgia or Georgiev, uh, is starting to look like it's tipped, uh, Francois into like a 1A for the time being. Three starts in a row. I would be probably, I mean, goalies, <laughs> you never know what coaches are planning with them, but, you know, Colorado needs wins. Uh, you know, they are not just crushing the rest of the league the way that they have at times. Um, you know, if I'm Bednar, I would put Francois out for the next game. Uh, how are you feeling? Like, you know, obviously things can change uh, in an instant, but um, is Francois a pause the pod type guy to go out and grab if he's available in your league? I think so. If he's available and you can fit him in your goalie spots in the next, say, week and a half, I'd do it because, like you said, Colorado needs wins. They're sitting outside of the playoff picture right now and have some pretty key guys injured still. So grab him, ride him while he's hot, and then drop him once it looks like it's going back to Georgiev or a 50-50, if that isn't valuable in your league. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, AG make a, a return at some point. You know, they they said they wanted to give him a shot to be the starter. Um, but yeah, Francois above average too. Uh, you know, numbers right around where Staylocks are, obviously playing for a significantly better team. So he's going to get the run support uh, to get him those wins. Um, but yeah, overall, I think uh, it looks pretty nice for him at the moment. He's 37% rostered on YouTube, but that's changing fast. He went up 8% just uh, over the last day here. Uh, so that might be a guy I would run and jump on. Uh, I'm a Jacob Markstrom owner. Uh, obviously, he's been kind of struggling and seeding some of his starts to Dan Vladar. So uh, grabbing a Pavel Francouz uh, was a no-brainer for me because that lets me have a little bit more goalie flexibility. Uh, I can, you know, fill my slot if one of my guys doesn't get a start, and I can uh, pick the matchup if they both do. So uh, I like that side of it as well. Let's see here. Um Speaking of goalies, uh, we had uh, an interesting goalie situation where, you know, one of the, you know, what was being hailed as a great signing at the time uh, ended up on waivers. Not the first guy uh, to have this happen to them from Detroit. Uh, So what's going on in the Detroit crease right now? And what's your vibe check on these guys, Jeremy? Well, so Alex Nedeljkovic got waived, which we've seen a good number of goalies on waivers this year, and nobody's claimed them as nobody claimed Nadelkovich. But this means that Magnus Helberg, a waiver claim from earlier this year, is holding down the backup or 1B or who knows type of job there. Huso's been pretty bad. Uh, I think they may want to give Helberg some run. They actually, the last game in Colorado the coach was quoted as saying that they wanted to put Helberg in for the third period to get some rhythm, but I don't think he wants to face a 160-foot McKinnon breakaway as part of the rhythm. And <laughs> Who does, right? Yeah, really. Like If that doesn't say I'm not confident in my defense, I don't know what does. So I'd be shying away from all the short goalies, especially when you may not even be getting 50% of the starts on any one of the three. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this may be this may be a situation where, you know, he's just going down for a couple games to try to get his head on straight and see if uh, he can't straighten things out. But yeah, it's just tough being a goalie in Detroit right now. You know, a very young defense, um, you know, very young, pretty much all over the ice. Right. So there are going to be some mistakes that are made uh, that make things challenging uh, on those goalies. So, yeah, not a big surprise, I don't think. Um, you know, Huso has had some real gems, um, but that last game did take him down below a 900 save percentage. Uh, he's at 310 goals against average. Uh, just, you know, kind of, kind of a tough look for him. And, and, you know, that's not to say he hasn't had some nice outings. Um, you know, he beat Toronto four to one, uh, just a week ago, you know, so it's not, it's not as if, uh, he's incapable, but, I just think it's a tough spot to be in right now playing defense for that team. And, and maybe Huso can still be the guy that they sort of hope that he could be when they brought him in to challenge Nedeljkovic. Um, but yeah, that's a, a tough, a tough spot to play right now is in the crease for Detroit. One last ouchery here. Uh, again, something that was brought up from, um, the mega show, but, uh, was officially confirmed more recently. And that is that Josh Norris will make his return on Wednesday. Uh, great news for that Norris, those Norris owners. Uh, this does mean that Shane Pinto is likely going to be shifted off of that second line. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's a, a huge blow, probably. Uh, he had certainly shown early in the season that he was, uh, very capable of producing from the third, anyhow. Um, power play wise, I think mostly we're just talking about an upgrade for that second power play. Uh, last game, it was Derek Broussard, Claude Giroux, Shane Pinto, and something called a Jacob Lucchini. Uh, so I imagine that is the guy who is going to be finding himself on the outside looking in. Nice that he got a couple opportunities there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be tough to break through that. Um, those four forwards of Dabrinkit, Kachuk, Batherson, and Stutzla. Uh, especially when they are uh, playing the way that they have been for much of the season. And especially coming back from an injury, I imagine it'll take them some time to uh, to get back in the groove. But we'll be able to tell you for sure on Thursday's show uh, once we've seen him back in action. Uh, Jeremy, we're going to take a quick little break here. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we did skip over. I apologize. This is my, uh, this is my highly executive functioning brain working so well. I skipped over one outchery, uh, on the back end for Montreal, and that is Mike Matheson. What should we expect from, uh, the return of the math here, uh, Jeremy? Well, assuming he doesn't get injured for a third time this season, I have pretty high expectations for Matheson. He, uh, should be getting a lion's share of the even strength and power play minutes in Montreal, and has so far been about a half point per game in the 12 or 11 games he's played so far. In his return tonight, he's played about 15 minutes with 10 left in the game. He has an assist and four hits. All good things if you have him on your fantasy team. Yeah, absolutely. I always kind of like Matheson. I, I, he was valuable at times. Uh, even as a bottom four defenseman for um, Pittsburgh. Uh, and so certainly, you know, him getting this opportunity, I think, is nice. I don't think he has the kind of offensive pedigree that would make him a superstar. But, you know, that power play is not a bad place to be. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I'm into it. I'm glad he's back. And, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of good work out of Montreal uh, as they currently hold, I believe, a four to one lead over Winnipeg. So uh, that means that Sam Montembeau, 
uh, is continuing his streak of relevance. Um, we don't have him on the list here today, but I gotta, I, you know, he's just, he's come up for a moment here. So I'm going to grab him quickly. Yeah. Montembeau has what? So his last, his last four games and almost this fifth one here, uh, three goals on 40 shots, uh, against Seattle. Didn't win that one because Montreal couldn't break through. Uh, three goals on 42 shots against Nashville, uh, won that one 4-3. to uh, Two goals on 38 shots against the Islanders, lost that one 2-1. to one. Uh, one goal on 38 shots as they beat the Rangers 2-1, to one, and now beating Winnipeg 4-1 to one with 23 saves on 24 shots. Uh, Montembeau just has been on a heck of a run, uh, a, a position that, you know, outside of Jake Allen, we really didn't think was going to be all that exciting. Um, so that's another guy that potentially should, you know, we know Jake Allen's return is somewhere on the horizon, but I wouldn't go away from Montembeau uh, unless I was, you know, worried about maybe losing out on the type of draft pick I wanted to have if I were Montreal. So sorry for that uh, diversion there, because I know that wasn't someone that we planned to talk about, but uh, just got excited, had to bring him up. I thought uh, I thought that maybe Winnipeg would be too much of a task for him and that we would be recording uh and, and sound dumb once the final score came out, but seems like things are going okay. Uh, obviously, Winnipeg could potentially come back. Uh, let's run over to Florida um, as we get into our hot and cold sections. Uh, and, you know, uh, we've seen some movement on this one, so maybe I'm not, I'm not so uh, bearish on this cold guy. Um, but in Florida, we have a hot streak from Sam Reinhart. Uh, a cold streak from Anton Lundell, although he does have goals in two straight games. So how cold could we really consider him? Um, but it had been really grim for quite a while up to that point. Uh, the big difference between the two is power play, uh, power play access, time on ice. Um, you know, the top line uh, has had one even strength goal in the last four or I'm sorry, and four goals against uh, in the last three games at even strength. They do not have an even strength goal here on Tuesday evening. Um, and that power play is making all the difference, right? They're together on at even strength. But on the power play, Reinhardt, uh, at least in the last three games before Tuesday night, Reinhardt had uh, almost 10 minutes of power play time over the last three games. Lundell had less than two during that same period. Um, so yeah, the, the power play is making all the difference for them right now. Uh, and it's why Lundell has kind of struggled to break through despite being elevated to that top line position. Uh, credit where it's due though. Lundell did have a shorthanded goal here tonight, so he's not breaking through at even strength, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's on its way. Uh, but yeah, a little bit of a, uh, hard to say someone's on a cold streak when they have two goals in two games, but he's, he's been on a bit of a, of, of a slump here. Yeah, and just based on past history and what we expect the lines and the players to look like in Florida, I'd rather Reinhardt over Lindell long term too. Oh yeah, no doubt. I think uh, I think Reinhardt is obviously the pick. Uh, he's much more widely owned. Um, so, but you know, I think we just had a little bit of excitement on Lundell, and I was trying to figure out so why are these guys so drastically different. Uh, in sort of their recent production when they're being deployed on the same line. Uh, and uh, that's my answer is that they uh, have vastly different power play deployment. And that's, uh, that's making all the difference here for the time being. All right, let's uh, get on to, you know, we were talking about this Detroit defenseman uh, and certainly some struggles out there, but some positive stuff too. Uh, who is a guy that maybe we want to be looking out for, especially in a bangers lead? Yeah. League, I'm sorry. 
believe it or not, Ben Shearot has five points and 20 shots in his last 10 games, in addition to all of the normal banger stats. Honestly, I think it's kind of ridiculous that I'm recommending Shearot, especially with how bad he's been for Detroit in real life. But, you know, if he gets you fantasy points, he gets you fantasy points. Yeah, right. Real life is not fantasy. We're not worried about, uh, we're not worried about how the outcome is unless we're, we're sadly, uh, playing one of those goalies. So yeah, I think that's a really interesting option. So I was, uh, my opponent and I, uh, I'm playing Phil, uh, who's in third place in tier one. So good on you, Phil. You're doing very well, but I hope I can uh, give you a loss this week. Um, he, we, I was trying to make the decision between Sharat and Fairvari, and I'm sure I, I really nailed both those names. So thanks, guys. Um, and uh, he ended up grabbing Sharat before I had the chance to to make a move. Um, but uh, and I was really bummed when Sharat went out and scored uh, against Colorado, especially because I was playing Franco's. Um, but yeah, they've been they've been um, definitely the scale. I think tipping in Fairvari's uh, side today, just with that goal and assist, uh, a shot, four hits, and five blocks. So. Really some great category coverage. Uh, I think I'm going to use Faravari to replace Radko Gudis because he's doing some of that Gudis stuff, but adding some scoring. So just running through some other guys who are available uh, who might be able to deliver some uh, similar results for you. Uh, so Sharat on a nice run of relevance with his uh, peripheral production. Faravari a good option too. Uh, Gudis more widely owned than either of them. Um, but a little nervous about him just because he's had some 16, 15 minute games. So, uh, might be, might be jettisoning that guy to add somebody new. All right. One last pair of players we want to talk about here. Another hot and cold pair on the same team. Uh, and that is, uh, Brandon Hagel, 61% owned, uh, on the hot side. And then Nicholas Paul, uh, who has had some really nice runs of relevance, but has just been ice cold. Uh, Hagel has six points in the last four games and a much more extended streak of 20 uh, points over the last 17 games. Obviously, really enjoying life playing on the top line in Tampa. Uh, his, you know, his, his, you know, projections, I think really, uh, took a step forward when Chicago traded him to Tampa. Uh, Nicholas Paul, on the other hand, just five points in the last 15 after having some really nice runs, uh, on that Stamkos line. Uh, obviously Hagel has the power play one opportunity, which really helps. Um, you would think that Paul would be in a good spot with Stamkos. Uh, he's had zero or one shot in 10 of the 15 games, uh, that I mentioned over which he has five points, no more than three shots in a game across that streak. Uh, I think it makes a ton of sense, obviously, to defer to Stamkos, who is <laughs> 52 shots uh, to Paul's 19 shots over those 15 games. Uh, and like, yeah, makes sense, right? Feed Stamkos. Um, but he's just not really getting in on a whole lot of the action, even uh, deferring. So uh, if you got Paul still, yes, I know he's playing with Stamkos, but I think you're snoozing at this point. Uh, if you've got Hagel, congrats. <laughs> he's been doing great for you. And, you know, in the 39% of leagues where he's still available, I think you got to run out and grab that guy. Uh, I spent big to grab him in the um, Babupful, the keeper league that Ben runs. Uh, and I'm really, I've really been pleased with him uh, ever since I did. Yeah, totally agreed on both accounts. Uh, Hagel is looking like a waiver wire league winner, league winner this year. He's pacing for 72 points after his hot streak and looks like he's firmly taken that power play one slot away from Killorn and Perry 
and whoever else has been ending up there for short spurts. On the other hand, Nick Paul looks like a total snoozer. Maybe better luck next year. Like, he's a good player. He seems to be getting the opportunities, and he has room to grow. But not worth having on your roster at this point. Yeah, I think if I start to see those shots tick up and he's getting in a little more of the action, I'd be into him just because, like, you know, that second line is nothing to sneeze at in Tampa. Um, but for the time being, uh, until he really starts to, to put some stuff together and show you uh, he's kind of got things back on track. Yeah, I'm staying away. Um, yeah, all right. Very nice. Another show in the books here. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been a blast. Thanks, everybody, who joined us on the Twitch stream. Lots of fun to just kind of chat and uh, have you all in there see a little bit of the behind-the-scenes workings. Uh, please give us a follow at ShortShiftsKK. Uh, Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson. Definitely follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, at Game Day News NHL. I can't tell you how much I appreciate those accounts. I used to retweet a lot of stuff. Uh, that no longer needs to be retweeted on the Short Shifts account because it's all coming in on those wonderful game day accounts. Everything is organized nicely at gamedaytweets.com. You're not going to see any lineup projections based on the guesses of the people who run the site. It is all from the beat writers. Uh, please visit that site and the other great sites we use to research our episodes at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, and Natural Stat Trick. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. John Reed is our digital media producer. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.